Good evening. I'm going to go ahead and call our City Council study session meeting um, to order. I would note that Councilmember Williams has he has a daughter who has a softball game this evening, and so he is with his daughter. Um, and with that, we need a motion for approval of minutes. Madam Mayor, I move that we approve the minutes of July 26, 2022 special regular council meeting and August 2nd regular council meeting. Second. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed, same sign. Motion carries. Uh, do you want me to just turn it over to Robin Kelly? All right. Thank you. Uh, we are here tonight for the annual presentation from 40 North Champaign County Arts Council. And I will introduce, although you all know Kelly White, who is the executive director of 40 North. Um, I'll just open up with a few remarks. She'll have a presentation and then I'll close. Um, the city has contributed to 40 North for uh, nearly 20 years now. Um, and with the city's contributions and those from other public and private entities, 40 North executes their work plan, which will be presented to you tonight and is in your packet. Um, it's pretty extensive uh, and um, there are many uh, uh, items of their work plan that are of particular interest to the city of Champaign, uh, especially Friday Night Live, uh, which started as Art and Soul in 2009 and has remained a fixture in downtown for the last 13 years, except for 2020. Um, but it is obviously provides a notable positive impact to our business activity in downtown. And of course, coming out of COVID and with other issues we're experiencing downtown, having that programming back is a very important part of, of what we're trying to achieve from an economic development standpoint through the arts. So tonight, Kelly is going to present not just Friday Night Live, but all of the other wonderful programming that they do and uh, throughout not just Champaign, but all of Champaign County. So I'll turn it over to Kelly for the presentation. Thank you, Rob, um, for everything. Um, and thank you all for taking the time and letting me come and talk to you about uh, my job and all the awesome things that 40 North does all year. Um, as it is with everyone, 2020 was rough, but it, it almost, I didn't think I could be as more passionate about my job, but 2020 made me even more passionate and dedicated to my job. So I'm gonna kind of run through um, different events and programs that uh, we were able to either continue uh, or even bring back, uh, some that were newly created out of the pandemic, um, some familiar, maybe some new, but I want to kind of go through those and then I end with a, a short short video at the end. So I'll go ahead and get started. Um, we had the uh, 13th annual Eric show. Um, for anyone that doesn't remember, it is a high school art show that we put on every single year. Um, with this year, we had over 20 uh, local schools that participated, um, over 150 pieces of artwork. You can see here are examples of, of several of the pieces, including some of the award winners from um, the whole show. You have obviously lots of painting, embroidery, photography, illustration, pen and ink, um, phenomenal, phenomenal talent um, in our high school students. Uh, it takes place inside the Illini Union Gallery, and what's great about that is a lot, people, a lot of people see it that might not even be aware um, of some of our high school, um, high, our local high schools, because of course there's a hotel in there, there's lots of conferences that happen in there, so the guest book every single year is a blast at the end to read through all the different comments that people feel and how inspired they are by the artwork created by our, our local students. 
We also were able, we brought back the, the CSA program. For anyone familiar with uh, a typical CSA, which is community-supported agriculture, where a lot of people will buy a share, whether it's for a farm or whether it's specifically maybe for eggs or cheese or something like that, uh, we created our own CSA, Community Supported Art. And the way it works is very similar. Um, we, have, we select nine local artists, and they each make a limited edition special uh, piece for 25 shareholders. So each shareholder purchases a share, and then they are um, able to pick up nine pieces of uh, local art um, from the nine different artists. They don't know what they're going to get, which is always kind of a blast when they get to see their crop of art when they pick it up. Um, and we changed the timeline for this. It worked a lot better where we had pickups in early December. So I think a lot of people were using it for gifts. Um, some people kept a lot more than they thought they were going to because there was some amazing stuff um, in this year's CSA. But it's a self-sustaining program. Obviously, the share money comes in. We're able to uh, pay the artists as well as some promotional materials. Um, so we'll be continuing this because it's been a very successful program. Get some artists paid for what they're doing. It gets some people buying some art and collecting art. They make relationships with those artists, potentially even buying more from them later. So it's been a very successful program. We continued our MTD art program, a collaboration we do with MTD, where we rotate um, four pieces of local art inside every MTD bus, as well as um, inside the terminal building across from the um, elevator bank. They, we print larger versions of each of these, and they're also um, displayed there for the same time period, and we rotate these um, uh, seasonally. Um, been a great success. It's, it's a really great way to kind of reach people in their own landscape versus having them seek out the art. The art kind of comes to them. And also it's a great way for maybe some emerging artists to get a chance to kind of show their work for possibly the first time. Um, and we've had really great response from this program. It's been several years now and it's uh, going strong. Another program that we've been doing over the years uh, has been Lightbox, which if anybody's familiar with what used to be Wise Camp, but now is Dixon Graphics Screen Printing on Neal Street. They have two very large uh, retail windows that face Neal, and they very uh, generously let us uh, program artists to transform the space. Uh, the top example there you see is by Megan Hines, a beautiful piece. It's got screened image, you know, pieces inside those wings. If you came different times of day and different light would hit it, incredible shadows would be created. It was a beautiful piece. Uh, the one down below that is actually still up now, because I left it up for extra long, was an amazing collaboration that we worked on with Unit 4, specifically Stratton. So um, Stratton Elementary, a teacher there, they had um, heard about the tragic death of a former student, and it was really impacting a lot of the students and staff um, in a horrible way, and they wanted to come up with something that possibly could, could help relieve some of that tragedy, so they got together and made cranes, Japanese cranes out of paper. And it was really helping therapeutic-wise for everyone. And so it, it, they started to realize maybe this could be more community-wide and not just within Stratton. So we, we got Japan House involved. They were doing training on how to make these cranes. It's got a legend where if you make a 1,000 cranes, you get a wish granted. And obviously, the wish would be for peace. Um, and so many of the local schools and elementary schools made them. We had pickups places where people could drop off their cranes that they made. And then um, Stacy Gross from Stratton organized the installation of this. I mean, there's thousands of them in there. And they, they even had elementary kids were even able to color in flat versions of the cranes. And those are all glued on that back wall. 
and then thousands and thousands are put in there they, from the drop boxes and all the, the, the students that made them. Um, it just was an amazing collaboration that, that came to be and uh, many, many schools involved and many students and community members. So we were leaving it up there for an extra long time because it's, it's incredibly powerful and beautiful to look at and it's been one of the best light boxes we've, we've had. Um, we also created a new program now in its second year uh, in collaboration with Willard Airport, um, which is called Art on the Fly. There are, you can see there, there's two distinct kind of set-in walls on either side of the airport that is right past security. And so what we do is a call, um, call for art and we select two images and then um, have those printed on vinyl and then they are um, set into those areas. And so right when you come in, from your flight, you get to see an example of some of our amazing um, local artwork. And we'll probably be, um, we kind of do it annually. Um, right now it hasn't been totally set on the rotation because it did come out during 2020, but I think we're probably gonna do it on an annual basis and pick two new artists to be displayed out at the airport. We also, which I was so happy about, were able to bring back our fundraiser um, so we technically didn't have one in 2021, but we were able to bring it back. It is our only fundraiser of the year. And what was interesting is we were able to have it at the Orpheum Theater. And the weird thing is, is the Orpheum Theater, the last event that happened before the lockdown was our event, this event in 20, late February of 2020. And we were the first event to happen when the new owner took it over and offered it up as an event space. So the whole space, we kind of bookended the space and he was thrilled because he said um, this event brought the building back to life, which um, was really great because um, it was wonderful to be back in there. It was wonderful to have an event again. It was wonderful to kind of bring all the art lovers together. As you can see there, we have a theme every year and the theme this year was, was board games. And so we had a lot of fun with that. And because the Orpheum was gonna be have more transformation happen, he let us paint the whole carpet. And so we painted the whole carpet like a game, like a board game, uh, and that was great. So it was a wonderful event, and we were thrilled to be able to, to bring it back again after having to skip a year, because it's very critical for us for our funding and also just to gather us all together to celebrate. Uh, another exciting event that happened in this year was uh, the 20th anniversary of the Boneyard Arts Festival, our longest run, running program. Um, so we did have it in 2021 late. We had it in June um, due to COVID precautions, but this year we were able to take it back to its traditional Mom's Day weekend um, in April. And uh, having be the 20th anniversary, it was, the energy was different. It was phenomenal. Um, people really went extra lengths. Some of the pop-up galleries, if, I don't know if anyone made it, but the couple of empty spaces that were along university, which I think some of them are, have been um, rented now, but I mean, this was this was top-notch stuff. I was getting I was getting texts from people saying that they uh, had tears in their eyes seeing some of the stuff. I had people say that they they could, you could say they were dropped in New York and they would have believed it. I mean, the artist really went um, above and beyond. We used the old, I guess what it was, game day, and then it was Enchantment Alley space down on South Neal. I think it had thirty, or maybe even more than that. Tons and tons of artists were featured in there. Uh, we also featured all the old posters from all the boneyards from 20 years, which was great to kind of see how it's developed from 13 venues to now, uh, this was over 70 venues this year. So it was great to have this long running program and it's still going strong, still evolving, and still very much loved and uh, valued by our arts community. 
Uh, we had the second round of the Great Art Doors. This is another program that was born out of the charming COVID situation. Um, it is a huge collaboration between Spurlock Museum, both park districts, Urbana and Champaign, and the Urbana Public Arts and Culture Program. Uh, it's, we basically are able to fund 10 artists to create installations in um, four parks in Urbana, four parks in Champaign, one um, uh, community garden in Urbana, one community garden in Champaign. Uh, this was the second year. Um, <laughs> absolutely fantastic what artists come up with. All they're given is a four by four post, kind of like what your mailbox is on. That's all they get. And so they have to kind of figure out a way that they can either attach something to it, put it over it, add to it. Um, and just some of the concepts and the materials and the creativity that is shown is phenomenal. We have the third year up right now. And we were able to, I worked with Rob, and we were able to move one of them that was going to be in a park in Champaign to the new Hedgepop Park because we knew that the city was focusing on that park. And so we added one of our Great Art Doors installations to Hedgepop, which was just a great addition and was a lot of fun to be able to do that. So um, Spurlock's been thrilled, so we hope this, this, this um, program will continue. And artists are even getting more creative in how they're, how they're using that post and developing these installations. And so I, I hope it'll run for a long time um, for everyone outdoors to be able to experience the parks. The parks have loved it because the park districts have enjoyed it because a lot of people are going to these parks that they might not have ever been to before to see the pieces. And they're like, I didn't know this park was here. And so they're getting a huge benefit, benefit also. I think I told uh, most of you guys, I think we're probably aware that we are um, kind of taking over Public Art League. Um, and so we're very close to the transition. Um, lawyers got involved and it took a very long time. And so that's close. Sounds like it's very close. I, I have to sign a lot of very important documents soon. And, um, and then I think we're, we're moving forward. This was a piece we installed late 2021 by Greg Stallmeyer, which is over kind of next to Black Dog. And uh, we didn't do a call this year just because there was a lot of transition happening and a lot going on. So um, we will probably do a call next year to kind of start the process over. I'm hoping to grow this. It's public art league. They focused on sculptures. I'm going to probably broaden that, possibly to murals and other things because it's public art all included. Um, but that transition is going well and um, looking forward to kind of getting that up and going again. Another collaboration, which you all are very familiar with, is I've been on the part uh, from the very beginning of the committee for the Champaign County African American Heritage Trail. I'm kind of in charge of the art and murals uh, working group. It's been amazing to work with Visit Champaign County, as well as Barbara and Angela, the co-chairs. It's been very inspiring to learn, learn so much so far. Um, and basically what we're working on now is kind of making sure we know all the different artwork in Champaign County that is, that's been created by African-American artists and kind of make, make sure that the, the website kind of has a whole listing of that. We're also creating a full list of African-American artists that we're hoping to be able to utilize for possible murals that will pop up or other public art. You can see that's, that's a picture of Preston Jackson there on the right who is creating a piece that will be going into Skeleton Park, um, celebrating all the musical accomplishments and contributions of African-Americans in Champaign County. And then that painting on the left is by Patrick Hammy of Albert Lee um, that was created uh, pretty recently. And that'll be the kind of thing we'll be able to highlight as part of this trail, as well as obviously uh, create new pieces as well, possibly in areas that there might be something very important that has occurred, but nothing physical is there. But maybe we can create a piece of art to celebrate what had previously happened. Um, another new thing that happened in 2021 is we were able to 
work with um, the Alumni Association and uh, the Chancellor's Office and creating a, a community event, strictly community event for Homecoming Week. Um, it was a blast. Um, they wanted to have a Friday Night Live feel. We called it Thursday Night Live because it was on a Thursday. Ended up kind of being on a Friday because the weather did not uh, go along with us. But um, it was a great time. Um, they provided us with these block eyes. And so I uh, went to 10 different artists and we paid them to, to basically do what they do best and create these amazing block eyes that then I worked with Terry at Visit Champaign County to find local businesses in downtown that were excited to display them during homecoming week. Um, we obviously had bands. I created that big selfie wall of the alma mater. Oh, we had chalk drawing. We had a lot of great things um, happening. Um, and like I said, it kind of moved into Friday, so it ended up kind of being a two-day event, which was good. Um, but they were very happy, and so we'll be doing it again this year um, during homecoming as well, maybe in a little bigger. Um, and so, and then the, the block eyes, it was great because we, they were so popular that we, I then moved them to Cranert Center and they were there for a few months. So a whole other group of people got to see them. And then now they're out at Willard airport and we get photos of people taking pictures of them all the time. So it's great when people come in and, oh, look at this cool block eye. And they, if they know the artist or they just think it's cool. They take pictures. So that's just been a great collaboration. And we look forward to doing homecoming again this year. Um, and then the one last collaboration that just started up will be happening in, on September 17th in Westside Park is we are collaborating with the Champaign Park District to do an art fair in Westside, um, in Westside Park. Um, strictly all art. Uh, there'll be a couple of food trucks and some kids activities, um, but featuring a lot of really amazing artists there, kind of, kind of run, coming off the center fountain. Um, but we're really excited about this growing and really coming, if anybody remembers what used to be called the Downtown Festival of the Arts, um, very similar to that, but in the park, um, in the logo there, uh, which Ralph behind me, my board member back there, helped with, it's based off of the, um, if anybody's familiar with the double Dutch sculpture that's there at Westside. So we're very excited about this. I think it has huge potential to continue to grow after this year. This will obviously be the first one, but I think it'll, it'll hopefully become like a little star there for, for the arts and, and definitely for Champaign Park District and Westside Park, which of course is an awesome park. So. And then probably all the ones that everybody's always thinking about is the big one, the big Friday Night Live. Um, it's, it's, this is obviously last year, 2020, I didn't have it, it's very sad, but 2021, we were able to bring it back. We did start late, I think because of special event permits, they were delayed, so we started in July instead. So it went July, August, September, instead of June, July, August. I didn't love the whole September thing. Um, it worked, we did fine. But school starts, football starts. This is a summer program, and so I, when we came back to this year, I was like, we'll go back to June, July, and August, and it's worked. It's been fantastic. Um, we have the last one this week. This Friday is the final, the finale. Um, but it's been, it's been tremendous um, last year and this year. Just the appreciation for this program from audience members has been overwhelming. I, people stop me every week, multiple times, and what this program means to them. And how they connect with people and how much the, the musicians appreciate it. And um, yeah, the crowds come out, the, the families come out and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a phenomenal summer so far. We had a couple of little weather issues. That's the only part I don't like is the weather, but that was mostly in June, I think. Right now we've had some pretty good nights. So I did have um, a video I wanted to share mostly about Friday Night Live. So here we go.
I love coming to Friday Night Live. It's just there's it's such a great music town, and it's just it's just such a wonderful way for people to get together and and just you know it's just it just makes it a special place in the summer. Friday Night Live, it's, I miss one, and it's been a blast. The weather's been beautiful. You get to see everybody you know. Everybody's happy. Having a wonderful time. Well, I think it's been incredible. Best summer in I can't remember how long. So we're staying at the height today and enjoying people watching, enjoying the music. There we go. Enjoying the weather, yeah. enjoying Friday night. It doesn't get any better than this. The weather's perfect. It's a total vibe. I think one of the things that I really like about Friday night events here downtown is that it brings us out come down here, have dinner, sit outside. But what we really like is being outside and seeing friends that we maybe haven't seen for a while. Come walking by, they stop by, we have a little chat, we catch up. It's already happened three times tonight. So it's a lot of fun, and we really enjoy the connections it creates. I love Friday Night Live. Uh, my wife and I love it. We have been coming here for years. The, the live local bands is what's really great about this, too. I mean, where else can you go around here and find, and find something like this? Um, Campaign is such a great venue for this. Just because it feels like a big city, but it, but it's not. Friday Night Live is amazing because you can come downtown at the end of a long week and there's a party going on. And you can listen to whatever kind of music you enjoy. You run into friends, you run into co-workers, but it's just such a fun, festive atmosphere. And it just makes me so proud to be here in Champaign. Summer, I always look forward to Friday Night Live. Every Friday night, like I'm always disappointed when it rains because it's like a, a huge social event. People love it. Friday Night Live's a great thing. We're so happy for 40 North putting this event on. You know, it, it's great. It brings people and excitement downtown uh, on the weekend. We see families, we see people from all generations enjoying music, having a good time out on the street, just enjoying life, and after the last two years, it's even more important than ever. Friday Night Live is an excellent uh, space, or spaces, to showcase our local music. We have such an amazing local music community that's so completely dynamic. I'm happy to be here tonight performing with local Gavial. I just think it's a tremendous uh, way to bring vitality to downtown Champaign through the arts. Friday Night Live is an exciting evening to get out, Hear great music but it's also the diversity of people getting out with their kids and the diversity of enjoying the different kinds of music and feeling like you can get out there and dance and just let it go it's just so much fun to me as a musician and as uh, a dad and as a member of the community um, this is why I came to Champaign-Urbana in the first place. And by that I mean the, the community, the gathering that happens because of Friday Night Live, the, the number of artists that are welcomed and invited to play, which uh, totally spans all genres of local music as far as I can tell. Uh, and that's very purposeful. I know that Kelly and everyone involved is looking to get the community involved in a way uh, over the summer specifically when we'd all be outside and enjoying each other's company um, and highlight the impact on local businesses. Uh, a lot of people say, oh, I had no idea that this business even existed and then I came to see your show uh, the other night and now I'm gonna go eat there all the time. I'm gonna go shop there all the time. I would hate to see this series end and in fact would love to see even more things like this taking place in our community so that she can enjoy them for many, many years to come. Thank you.
usually the voices are not off of the timing, but something happened there. But um, anyway, I wanted to, to show that to you. Those were random. Those were two nights. Uh, the footage in the background was several nights of video that I've taken, but the, the interviews were just two nights of Friday Night Live, just stopping people randomly on the street and asking them how, what they felt about Friday Night Live. I just wanted to give you all just a sense of what I hear from people all the time, every Friday. Um, it means a lot to them all. Um, people have even gotten emotional talking about it. Um, so I just want to make sure I thank you so that very much that so you all are aware of, I mean, yeah, this is funding and this is what you have to, you know, very the steps we have to go through, but this is, this is critical to the quality of life in, in our city and it's appreciated and I love doing it. The musicians love being a part of it. I think we can make it even bigger and better. And um, so I just want to make sure that I thanked you all, and um, after coming out of these last couple of years, art is critical in, in, as far as recovery, and uh, that's why I put that quote on there. So I hope you all continue to embrace the arts and support the arts. Um, uh, a community is only as healthy as its arts community, and so the, the healthier, more robust we can be, the better, the better champagne will be for it. So thank you very much. So we um, tonight is just the annual presentation of their activities. However, the current five-year agreement has reached its end, and so staff is proposing to extend their five-year agreement with a new five-year agreement um, and to uh, increase the funding to 40 North from $30,000 a year to $40,000 per year. Um, the city has not increased its contribution since 2011, so it's been it's been constant for the last 11 years. Uh, we ran a consumer price index cost of inflation calculator, which uh, came to a little over ten thousand uh, dollars to meet current costs. I did work with Kelly to to get an understanding, and we won't dive into all those details tonight, but of how costs have increased for producing Friday Night Live, and you mentioned 40% more for sound tech and, and, and various other expenses that have gone up, not just for Friday Night Live, but for other activities too. So um, that increase will, would be proposed in the new agreement. And with council's direction, we would draft that new agreement and put it on a regular uh, agenda for um, uh, in, in September so we can get back uh, into a contractual arrangement to have these services provided. So with that, we'll take questions. And before I call on anybody, Rob, I'm going to ask for clarification because I read this a couple times and then the way you said it, I want to make sure I understand it correctly. So is it increasing by $10,000 each year or it's going to be $40,000 a year for five years? The latter, 40000 a year each year for okay, five years. Okay, so it's not 40, 50, Correct. 60. Okay. Correct. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Technical questions. Anybody? Okay. Um, you all can get up if you want to, um, and uh, we will take audience participation. Anyone wishing to address this issue, please step forward, state your name and city of residence. Anybody? You're going to get up and nobody will come forward. <laughs> Hello. Uh, Xander Hazel, City of Champaign. Um, I prepared remarks because if I were to ad-lib this, it would be a train wreck. So just bear with me. This could also be a train wreck, too. Uh, I'm the executive director of the Champaign Center Partnership, the business association serving Champaign City Center. And I'm speaking tonight in my official capacity. Uh, I'm here to share my support for 40 North and their, refund, their funding request for 40000 annually for five years. Uh, you may recall that back in March, I sat where Kelly uh, was sitting and shared an update about the partnerships activities. 
Back then, I said that our major goal uh, coming out of the pandemic was to welcome people back to uh, Champaign Center, to draw folks out and to make them feel comfortable. That goal was and continues to be in part uh, accomplished by supporting and promoting 40 North's activities um, because they were working towards the same goal. Activities like Friday Night Live, the Boneyard Arts Festival, Homecoming, and many more. Um, certainly, these events and activities have an economic impact, as Kelly described in her report. There's a clear return on investment, the city gets tax revenue, and then that goes to uh, city services. Um, we all know that to be true. Um, I think Kelly did a very good job of sharing the uh, incalculable value and the visceral impact that these programs have on individuals, both residents and visitors and artists, resulting in community pride, deep interpersonal connections, and positive personal well-being. Um, by creating and supporting these unique experiences, we can create a sense of place uh, for residents and visitors alike. Uh, in fact, there are a handful of projects that Kelly and I are working on behind the scenes that um, maybe this time next year we'll have a lot to share about. Um, but I just, uh, well, more to come on that later. But for now, I just wanted to say that uh, we support 40 North. We're a sponsor of um, Friday Night Live, and we look forward to working with her on some other projects too. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Seeing none, I'll invite you back. <laughs> Council comment. Councilmember Gladney. Yeah, so um, it's no secret that I'm uh, a fan of 40 North. It's been a privilege to be serving on the 40 North board these last seven years, the city's liaison to that, to that entity. I think it's 40 North is a, a gem of the county. Um, and, you know, as Kelly talked about in her presentation and, and Rob mentioned, I mean, uh, there's so much going on um, and a lot of it's down to to Kelly. But, uh, you know, we, you know, 40 North extends to uh, some of the more rural areas. It has uh, Urbana and Savoy. But I think a lot of what ha happens with 40 North and what 40 North does is in the city of Champaign. Um, you know, the untitled um, event is in Champaign, um, uh, the Ace Awards, obviously Friday Night Live. Uh, when we do the Eric show, um, you know, that, that's students from across the county, but, you know, that includes um, our, our high school students here. So um, this is, is, if I'm going to use a corporate -y term, I think this is a good return on investment. The money that we spend uh, to... to to invest in 40 North, I think pays dividends uh, tenfold. Um, these, you know, when sometimes people think of art, sometimes they think of, uh, well, that's just like a painting or something, and there's nothing wrong with that. But the arts is, encompasses so much more. I mean, it, it, it is visual art, it's, it's music. Um, and Kelly in 40 North uh, tries to bring all of that here to Champaign. Um, I have seen the connections that she's made, the, the partnerships that she's done with local um, businesses and organizations and, and, and artists. Um, and, you know, these events that are put on, they are for our community in, 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 in sometimes in an insular way. I mean, it's, it's very local. But also, I think this, these things are, are, are events that draw people to our community. Uh, there are people that, that travel from different parts of Illinois or even out of state to come to some of these things. And, you know, even if somebody just stumbles upon, let's say, Friday Night Live one night, they have no idea that 
something like that goes on. But they're in Champaign for some reason, and they happen upon downtown. Uh, you know, to see something like that happening, I, I think is, it makes a really good impression on people, not only who live in our community, but certainly who visit our community, uh, and, and, and maybe they'll come back. So, um, you know, every year when Kelly presents, I, I, I probably say the same stuff, but I, I really, uh, I, I couldn't be more pleased with, with the, the work that 40 North does, um, and I think an extra 10,000 a year, particularly since it hasn't really been increased uh, um, for an extended period of time, uh, you know, in a decade, I think uh, I, I think is a, is a sound investment. Thank you, Councilmember Fulmer. Yeah, so uh, thanks so much for your presentation. Um, I, I often don't stop you uh, every Friday night, and I see you uh, working your tail off, and that's why I don't stop you, because uh, you are uh, so busy, but um, truly, for, for from my family's sake, uh, Friday Night Live has been phenomenal. We look forward to it every week um, in the summer. So, um, so thank you for for that. I think, um, as Councilmember Gladney noted, it is um, it really is something that helps to to bring us all together. And um, and it's not just that; it's all of these things that you do. Um, and I have a, a great deal of appreciation for uh, for the arts. I, I, I now work for the School of Art and Design, and, and so I work with a lot of the folks that you work with. And um, it's, it's so incredible uh, how powerful these, these works can be and, and how um, impactful your work at 40 North uh, is for our community. Um, I, I, to be totally honest, um, to me, a $10,000 increase isn't enough, so I am in support of um, a, a greater uh, investment in your work. Um, I think that everything that, that you do can really, um, as Councilmember Gladney noted, can, can really continue to help us bring more folks in. It's the thing that, um, you know, I encourage my folks to go to when when they come in town so um so thank you for all of your work and and really i just um i want us as a council to continue to see how we might um invest more in your work and and um and see what else we can do and explore other avenues so thank you councilmember pianfetti thank you for your presentation um for me i am appreciative of the partnerships that you've made, um, not just for um, Friday Night Live, but um, like with Unit 4, um, just having experienced um, with uh, Stacy, um, and uh, just those connections I think are vitally important right now. And so I thank you for thinking about how to extend your passion and um, the artist and the community and our youth. That is really important. Um, also, just some of the new ideas that you had throughout the pandemic and building them out and supporting um, the artists within our community. I think when we think about art 
heals life. I think for an artist who um, is going through the pandemic as well to be able to offer them, like I honestly, I didn't know about your CSA program <laughs> and something like that. To me, I'm like, that is pretty powerful to be able to offer that and, and to have that as part of our community as as a, a model within what we can be doing for the artist as well as our community members that those are those are things that I think stand out for me is looking at the different ways that we are making these partnerships or or you not we but you um, with um, homecoming th those sorts of things I just think are um, what makes this stand out in, as an organization that looks at art as a way of bridging a lot of what challenges many things, <laughs> but brings us to closer together. So um, I am in support of the increase as well. So thank you um, for bringing this and the need um, and just bringing the beauty to our community. So thank you. Anyone down here? Councilman, Deputy Mayor Kyles. Of course, you know, I would say thank you for your work. Thank you for the presentation. Thank you for um, all that you do. I think that um, it's definitely big and important um, to the community, but it's all, and as a part of the community, I know it's important to the businesses as the work that's being done drives traffic to businesses every Friday night, which uh, lends to people going to patronize those businesses throughout the week. Um, so it's a big deal. And so thank you for, I'll, I'll be supporting it. I also, uh, from a staff perspective, thank you all for your work. And I also, you know, this is, probably more just an overall, I like the fact that the CDAP piece, you know, as far as bringing diverse acts, but also looking at the vendor list and, you know, seeing, you know, food and supplies or whatever the case may be. So um, thank you again. And uh, um, like I said, I, I think that it's a, a big deal, particularly for the community as well as uh, for businesses as a part of the community. Anyone else? I have a couple things. First, um, I want to thank you for the work that you do, which is amazing. I always, when I see you at Friday Night Live, I always think of like Jan Seely on Marathon Day. Like I always want to run up and like give her a hug and say she's doing a great job and I know to just stay out of her way. And um, I, I think the same for you. So thank you for all of the work and um, the joy that you bring to our downtown and to our community. Um, we clearly needed that type of gathering, but we always do. I mean, it was wildly popular pre-pandemic as well, um, and will continue to be in the future. And I love the family-friendly nature of it. Um, the additional $10,000 investment makes complete sense, and I'm, you know, kind of surprised that you were able to hire musicians <laughs> and get equipment given um, the cost of everything right now and, and maintain your budget. I know that, and I want to give a plug, you also do have sponsorships for Friday Night Live, and you also have um, downtown businesses that um, donate to 40 North. And we want to continue to um, encourage that as well um, because it, um, it's bigger than just the city. It's, it's a, in, and as is 40 North and all the other things you do. Um, 
the one comment which is unrelated to all of this, but I promised someone that I would raise, um, is just I want to make sure we talk about it so that we think about it for next year, which is that for musicians or singers that are going to be performing, that we consider doing some type of a parking placard so that they are able to be near the spot where they're going to be when they're hauling equipment and all of the rest of it and are able to leave their vehicle until after the performance time. I think that's, um, as we have gotten, I think, stricter with our parking rules in the downtown, that has been more of an issue for our um, people who are performing, and we don't want to make it harder for them to do that. So I say that, and I'm looking at the deputy city manager over there, too, so that they can take note. And then as you and I were talking about it, Kelly, I think the issue came up that perhaps you could use a parking placard, too, for that night because of all the running around that you do and having to park far out and deal with all of that. So I just... Um, I encourage you to start working with us, you know, in the winter as we start planning for the summer and spring. So uh, thank you for all that you do. Our alternative is to direct staff to prepare a five-year extension to the agreement with 40 North, increasing funding by $10,000 annually, but I understand that is one-time increase and then it stays the same for the length of the contract um, for a future uh, city council meeting. So, Council Member Niguez. Yes. 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 And yes, you have direction. Thank you. You're getting there. <laughs> yes. And I assume I'm just turning it over to TJ. Joan? Sure. Okay. Good evening, Council. Tonight I'm here to talk to you about our TIF districts, in particular the North Campus Town TIF. Um, I know that you know about TIFs, but for those at home uh, watching, I feel obligated to give a very brief explanation of what they are. In short, TIF is an economic development tool. It is one of our most important tools that we use uh, to transform areas within our city. Um, that tool was given to the city by the state of Illinois and the TIF Act, but it is an act of city council to create a TIF district on behalf of all of the other taxing districts um, in the area. Um, they typically last for 23 years, although they can have 12-year extensions. That extension process, though, requires action by the General Assembly. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. Um, and in a one-sentence explanation of how it works, the city establishes a TIF district. They draw a boundary around that area. They freeze the current equalized assessed value. Um, I shouldn't use the word freeze. They establish the base equalized assessed value, and then any growth that happens 
in that district. Any increase in equalized assessed value and property tax revenue gets deposited into a special fund which the city administers and spends within that district. So it creates the engine that then the city uses to reinvest directly in that area. So that at the end of 23 years or whenever the TIF expires, the valuation of the area has increased and all of the taxing districts benefit um, equally. In the city of Champaign, we have five active TIF districts. Uh, one has expired, our downtown TIF expired uh, several years ago. Um, and those are our East University Avenue TIF, and you'll see the expiration, the expiration dates there in parentheses. East University Avenue TIF, the North Campus Town TIF, North Mattis Avenue, and then Downtown Fringe and Bristol were both enacted together just a few years ago. Council has already directed us, given us direction to create a new TIF district, that's the Garden Hills TIF, that is part of the overall comprehensive plan that you approved um, in the past year. And so we are actively working on creating that today. And that will run concurrently with what we're talking about today. So this evening, I'm here to talk to you about uh, a concept to amend the North Campus Town TIF to preserve that tool in some areas where we feel we still need that tool but also to help us advance a number of infrastructure projects and other major projects. But to look at that one, we have to look at a couple of our core uh, TIF districts a little more closely. And the first one is the East University Avenue TIF. This is our oldest TIF. It is four months away from expiration. Um, it expires December 16th of this year. Um, most of the focus has been just like our traditional downtown TIF. It's been focused on building renovations, uh, infrastructure, streetscape, um, those kinds of activities. But this one in 2010 was actually extended. Um, downtown and East University Avenue went through the whole extension process. This one was done in 2010. And if you remember 2010, it was a very difficult year financially for many of the taxing districts coming out of the Great Recession. And so we took a couple of steps in that extension. We shrunk the district by about 50%. It used to go all the way down to Wright Street and all the way south to Green Street. But we shrunk the district to try to put more of a focus on the core and we also worked with the taxing districts to surplus back um, payments to them over a three-year period, the first year being 100% of the increment we gave back to the taxing districts, then 50%, then 25%. And that was an effort to help those organizations with their budgets uh, in a very lean time in 2010. Um, it just, I, I say that to emphasize how well we work with our taxing districts. I think that's a really important point here. And, and again, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Right now, the TIF district brings in about $430,000 annually. So the number shrunk when we shrunk the district. Um, and so it hasn't given us over the past 12 years as much revenue to do some of the things that we needed to get done. And so that plays, in, that plays a role here as well. So now when we look at its neighbor, the North Campus Town TIF, um, it was created in 2002 primarily to remediate the Burnham Hospital site. There was a lot of environmental cleanup, a huge demolition project. It was about $8 million um, that the city levied uh, or, or uh, bonded for to make that happen, to make that site developable for uh, the eventual Burnham 310. 
Um, Additional projects throughout the area have included, we've, we've upgraded streetscapes, sidewalks, alleys, infrastructure. Um, the Second Street Basin, of course, runs through this area. And in recent years, we've been able to use increment generated in this TIF to help pay down the debt service on the Second Street Basin, which has then freed up the stormwater money from the stormwater uh, fund for use in other areas across the city, Garden Hills being one of those. Uh, this TIF, though, it brings in about $2.7 million annually. I would say, point out that a lot of that is because of direct actions by the city, Burnham 310 being one of those. Uh, Midtown Plaza was built uh, on the banks of the Boneyard Creek. I doubt that that project would have looked the same had the Boneyard not been there. And this school district sold the, the old Marquette School, which developed into Octave. And so... Uh, three significant projects that generate increment in this TIF, but they were all uh, initiated by some public action by either the city or the school district. And we won't touch on this one too much, but it is important to understand that then neighboring across the tracks is the downtown fringe TIF. It was created in 2017. Um, we, we talked a lot about the yards when this one was created. This is the engine that would help us with that. Um, but obviously, due to COVID and some other financial challenges now, the TIF has been slow to take off. Um, it is relatively new, and that's one of the reasons why a new TIF takes some time to actually grow. Um, and so but we do hope to continue projects, you know, and grow the downtown fringe TIF as well. Okay, so the actual ask here, the proposal, is um, staff is proposing to amend the North Campus Town TIF to expand its areas to encompass the old East University Avenue TIF area. And also, while we're doing that, because a TIF amendment is the same process as creating a new TIF, so while we're doing that, we want to take a look around to see what else might need to be done. So we're asking to also include some land further north along North First Street, all the way up to Washington Street, and I'll talk about why in just a moment. But in essence, it would be combining two TIF districts and expanding some of the land uh, to the north and on its fringes. So if that happens, this new TIF, which you see here in green, would expire in February of 2025. The North Campus Town TIF is close to expiration itself. So at the same time, we would be asking your blessing to begin the process with the Illinois General Assembly to seek a TIF extension, a 12-year extension in this district. If that is approved, if council agrees with our recommendation, the new expiration for this area, for this new expanded North Campus Town TIF, would be February of 2037. So what are the projects that could benefit from this action? Well, one of those is the, one of the reasons why we, we are asking to extend it north along North First Street up to Washington Street is to take in the area of the Boneyard Creek. And you can see by the map, um, the green line at the top um, has been done up to Neal Street. The blue area by... Uh, um, Herf Jones and, and along the neighborhoods and along the tracks is being planned for and designed. But the four block section in red is still that final section. And as costs continue to rise across the board, 
it's likely we could face some challenges when it comes to that section. And if that section is not completed, our five-mile-long Boneyard Creek would have a giant hole in the middle of it. And um, also, the benefit to the, to the First Street area and to Midtown um, would be lacking. So that is potentially one project. Um, when we talk about expanding the area outside of an existing TIF, it's also important to look at this map. You can see the yellow parcels are non-taxable parcels, meaning that either the city owns them, the MTD owns them, or some other unit of government, the township. So most of the land we're asking to include that's outside of a current TIF is also city-owned land. So from a financial standpoint, it doesn't have a huge impact to the other taxing districts. Another area that is becoming a growing concern are the large vacancies, especially among some of the anchor buildings across Midtown. I show some of those here. Obviously, Dallas and Company's building uh, is now empty. Um, Brian Knox's building next door, the ground floor, remains vacant. The Duckies building is empty. Um, there's the old uh, First Street Antiques building that's now on the market. These are some very large properties and represent a significant amount of the built environment in Midtown. And when you look at ground floor vacancies, you can certainly see uh, there's an issue um, right in the heart of Midtown along East University or along um, East University Avenue, especially there on the south side. And so being prepared to have a tool in our pocket that can help buildings renovate and fill spaces is going to become, is now, and will continue to be critically important. A lot of people don't think about the utilities and the utility work. When we did streetscape projects across downtown in the 1990s and early 2000s, we underground almost all of the power lines. And you don't think about it today, but it makes a huge impact not only on the appearance and the beautification of the area, but also it impacts development and new buildings or renovation of buildings that happen, have to happen immediately adjacent uh, to those. We're seeing that in the Avenue building. They have these small Juliet balconies, but right outside the balcony is a huge transformer. When you look around the district, that's certainly a project that, could, that, that TIF could help with, just like in downtown, to help beautify the area. And then I think you spoke about this at your last study session. Uh, you know, we do have infill opportunities. There's the large parking, the gravel parking lot at Dallas and Company that's a potential. Um, we've lost the old C Street. Um, so there are infill opportunities as well. And without TIF or some tool, um, the cost of building in the middle of town is greater than the cost of building on our fringe. And TIF has always been there to help level the playing field. And we certainly have some uh, roadway and pedestrian safety improvements that could happen. Getting across University Avenue is a challenge. And as the boneyard and other things start to bridge neighborhoods north and south, that becomes more important. We have a lot of oil and chip roads, especially south of University Avenue and west of First Street. Um, and so all of those could benefit from the TIF district. And then perhaps maybe the most pressing um, infrastructure project is our downtown relief sewer. And uh, this is in your capital improvements plan. Um, we have been working on design and routing of this sewer for a number of years. And initially, the funding structure was laid out like you see here, where each TIF was going to proportionally pay its share uh, as the sewer crossed it. 
This is a critically important sewer because it relieves downtown's sewer, which is near capacity. And so to continue doing development in downtown, we have got to relieve the sanitary sewer network. And this is the path. Unfortunately, we've tried a couple different routes, different land acquisition options. Uh, the route that has been settled on is going down Springfield Avenue, which is a costly route. Um, it will go under the viaduct at Springfield Avenue. And, you know, we've done this before. Logan Street is a great example of, of how we can move a sewer underneath a viaduct and make improvements in the meantime. But they're expensive. Um, and so the problem was going to become, I'm going to go back to this slide real quick, because of the delays, waiting for state grant decisions, waiting for the routing, the purchasing of land, the sewer is not going to be built before the East University Avenue TIF expires. And so it causes problems for us that we can't spend TIF money in an area that's no longer in a TIF. So that 1.92 million from East University Avenue becomes the question. So by amending the district and growing the boundaries, um, we would transfer the money from the fund balance from East University Avenue into the North Campus Town before it expires, then use the collective money of those two TIFs along with Downtown Fringe to get the sewer built. So the process that we are proposing here, um, we have already met with members of the Joint Review Board. Uh, those meetings went very well. They all lended their support for the effort. Of course, they'll meet more formally and give a more formal recommendation a little later in the process, but we wanted to make sure we didn't surprise them. And again, we have a great working relationship with our taxing districts. Um, we are working on the eligibility and the redevelopment plan with our partner PGAV. Um, tonight is the study session where you will give your input and direction. And should you decide to um, ask us to move forward, the next step would be a public meeting. Um, you, your next action would be in a few weeks to set a public hearing date. The Joint Review Board will meet. Um, if they don't vote in favor of it, it would force a supermajority at council. If they do, um, it would just be a, a standard vote. Uh, we would do all of our required notifications and publications. Then there would be a public hearing here at City Council. We would approach the General Assembly about the extension in November and bring before you the proper TIF ordinances for both Garden Hills and this TIF sometime between December and January of this year. Um, I mentioned PGAV. This is part of the contract that you approved with us. There are economic development partners. They're the ones doing a lot of the heavy lifting, doing the survey work. Uh, which they've completed out in Garden Hills, um, and they'll be helping us craft the um, eligibility report and the redevelopment plan and helping with the process as well. So tonight we're asking for your direction, and I'll turn it over to the mayor. Technical questions? Anybody? Councilmember Beck. Um, is there a plan to include um, electric vehicle charging stations as an item that can be funded by the TIF? Those could certainly be funded by TIF. That would be a TIF eligible expense. It would be considered public infrastructure. So it certainly could be. And we can relay that message that we can take a look in the redevelopment plan. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I might just add to that. <clears throat> we are um, 
looking at trying to have an analysis done of the best locations for charging stations uh, probably this fall sometime, uh, hoping to position ourselves to take advantage of some of the incentive programs that are coming out from the state and federal government uh, for those charging stations. So, uh, you know, for the locations that are in TIF districts, mm -hmm. uh, using that money to leverage the grant, you know, from a state or federal source uh, would be very effective. Mm -hmm. Councilmember Niguez. Um, I was just curious as to when we're talking about renovations of empty spaces and filling in certain lots, uh, is there any kind of insight, general insight into kind of what it is that will be where the economy, local economy is with filling those type of spaces? What is it that we're looking at? What would we want? what would potentially fill that space? Or do we have any kind of insight in that? Or is it just something that once we get there, we'll be you know, assessing that with the economy in that current state? Or where are you guys at with that? I, I would say that typically with our TIF programs, they've been primarily focused on renovating the building to bring it up to a standard that a business would want to move into. Um, it's been less focused on direct incentives for the business itself to move into. Does that mean that we can't craft, a, we could certainly craft a program uh, if council wants us to do that, focused more on business attraction than the building renovations. But the TIF statute outlines how TIF money can be spent. And one of those is the renovation of buildings, uh, not so much the construction of new buildings. And so uh, we have, typically targeted our programs at the renovation of buildings, hoping that once the building's renovated, the landlord is motivated then to fill that space with a paying tenant. Anyone else? Anyone in the audience wish to address this issue? Council comment? All right, so our poll is um, to direct staff to proceed with the North Camp, campus Town TIF amendment process. Councilmember Fulmer. Yes. 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 And yes, you have direction. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. We are now at the point of our meeting for general audience participation. Is there anybody? Seeing none, any council comment? Councilmember Beck. I've been asked to share this announcement that the AFL-CIO of Champaign County is once again going to be sponsoring the annual Labor Day Parade and Celebration on Monday, September 5th, 2022. Um, and this year, the parade is going to be take place in downtown Champaign. So that is something new. So we welcome folks to come down the following uh, the parade, there will be free food, games, and kids entertain, uh, games for the kids, and entertainment, musical entertainment at Westside Park. And everybody is welcome. The whole community is welcome to come to the parade and to the picnic in downtown uh, following. Thanks so much. Anyone else? Deputy Mayor Kyle. I just wanted to uh, thank Christ for the power of prayer. Um, you know, as number one, we asked about how. The, one of the things that we've been talking about is our city and just wanted to continue to encourage people that we are doing a great job. I mean, there are some real challenges out there. Um, and we found out over these last couple of years that the challenges require us to be more diligent, you know, as it pertains to, to, to engaging each other. 
but I've seen more people in the community. I've seen count. I mean, council obviously, but um, you know, we built a park. You know, well, we didn't really build a park. Well, I didn't build the park. You built the park. I helped put a little piece of the fence up. But I thought that was pretty cool just to see the engagement. Um, I've been seeing people downtown, um, lots of, I mean, the community ambassadors, the security team, police. Um, just want to thank everyone, the community, um, and just knowing that the work that we do over these next, you know, few years is critical. And it's hard, and sometimes there are setbacks, and sometimes it, you know, but the setbacks are our comebacks, and we just just continue to put in the work. So just wanted to thank everyone for what they're doing and looking forward to continue to, to see that work. Councilman Reniguez. Uh, I just wanted to take the time tonight to uh, thank the uh, Champaign Police Department for their efforts this past, for a little while now, past year especially. Um, as, uh, jumping off of um, Council Member uh, Kyle's comments about the challenges that we've had it has been difficult. Things can be, you know, dangerous and stressful. But I've seen firsthand the impact that that has made in my neighborhoods and my district. And we're obviously hearing the reports of, you know, the um, the things that are happening. So it is it is a tough job. It has been a tough job for them. So along with the rest of the city staff who are all doing an amazing job, I just wanted to say thank you to uh, to the Champaign Police Department. Um, all the collaborative entities uh, under uh, Chief Tyler's um, uh, command. It's uh, it's been really it's it's hopeful to see that there is an impact being made, and uh, you know hopefully we can get to uh, an even better place soon. Thank you, Councilmember Fulmer. Yeah, very quickly, I just want to welcome all the students back. Uh, it's the first week of classes, so it's been uh, very exciting on campus. Um, and since uh, the university plays an important role in our city, I just uh, just wanted to welcome all the students and their families back to the back to the city. Councilmember Gladney. Yeah, no, I just wanted to uh, say a thank you to specifically, uh, but not only to um, the Neighborhood Services Department. They've held several of the community uh, events at several of our parks, um, and uh, along with our neighborhood ambassadors. It has, uh, they've been really fun events to attend. I think the, uh, the, the folks in the neighborhoods have, have seemed to have enjoyed them quite a bit. So I just wanted to, to, to thank them for their efforts on that. Anyone else? I also want to thank uh, Champaign Police. I did a ride along on Friday night, was able to see for a little bit firsthand some of what they experience on the street. Um, Chief, the professionalism of your officers was incredibly outstanding. Um, there were a lot of mental health issues that they were dealing with, but there was also just a lot of... Um, in angry and rude behavior, I guess, is what I would say. People really disrespecting um, our officers for simply being in a space trying to help keep them safe. Um, and I was very impressed with how they handled themselves and um, we're very lucky to have their service in our community. So thank you. Uh, with that, Deputy City Manager. 
Uh, yes, Your Honor. Thank you. I just wanted to remind Council that next Tuesday, August 30th, and for the listening audience, that that is the fifth Tuesday, so we will not have a Council meeting on next Tuesday. And we need to give the date. Oh, did you say? Okay, sorry. <laughs> I just heard the next Tuesday. Councilmember Pianfetti. Madam Mayor, I move we adjourn. Second. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed, same sign. We are adjourned.